never seen a lame man walk. Never heard a dumb man talk. Never seen a blind man see. I promise you, I'll change Never seen a canceled death. Never seen all the poor get fed. Never seen a prisoner set free. I promise you, I'll change What's up, everybody? What's going on? Well, it's your boys, Big C and Bigger T. We've been off a couple weeks here. We've been just percolating in the lab, getting ready, getting ready for tonight for this episode. Bird, boys. Right here. What is up, Big C? How you doing, Clint? Living the dream. <clears throat> Living the dream. Um, all day, every day. It's a good day to be me. You know what I'm saying? No. It's, it's, always, it's always a good day. No, I've missed this, you know. And I feel like we've missed so much in two weeks. Like, so much has happened. Yeah. Like, football is kind of back. It's not yeah, really kind of, yeah. Back. Yeah. I, to, I think I'm going to get on an old man yelling at a crowd, crowd, cloud rant here. Okay. You're here for it because I'm, you're here, my, I'm ready. And you're my, and you're you. You know, like I think the worst thing that's ever happened to society is not social media. No. And there's a lot of bad about social media. It gets a bad rap. Just yeah. So, you see, I told you I'm going over. There's a lot of idiots on it. Yeah, there are a lot of idiots on there, and people believe some stupid crap. But so, but I think the worst thing that happened is the 24 seven new cycle yeah. i remember trey young who i'd say he's probably a top 25 basketball player in the nba now from guard from oklahoma plays for the atlanta hawks mm-hmm. i remember he had good a baller bad, good ball player he had a bad summer league game yeah like his second game of summer league he had a bad game yeah and they were like oh is he is he already a bust dunzo yep like he had a bad summer league game. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's too many people. I mean, yes, it's an audition, but like people are look, I think Anthony Richardson was a terrible draft pick at number four. Terrible. I didn't think he was good at Florida. Yeah. I, I think KJ Jefferson's all the things they say that Anthony Richards is. Yeah. In my personal opinion. But I'm like, Y'all surprised that the quarterback that wasn't good in college is not good in the NFL? Yeah, like who shocker. But, but but no, they're like they're like CJ Stroud. They're like, oh, he's a bust already. Well, like guys, it's preseason. Yeah, and I never had the privilege of going from college to real professional football. Um, we played a couple city city league, but you could have held a bench down there just as well. I, I mean, I'm good, but I did deal with the practice about you can't imagine the speed difference probably from college to yeah, because you got to start them decisions already coming like that, but they got to come even faster than that now. Oh, yeah, so I'm like, it's just man, 
like every game they're like, I mean, like LeBron loses a game, like is LeBron done? And then LeBron wins the next game. Is he the goat? I mean, it's just, it gets. Well, I'll tell you one of the best things that's happened to sports radio in a long time is them canceling that ESPN morning show with, uh, with Keyshawn Johnson and Jason Williams. Was it bad? The show was terrible. It was pretty much what's LeBron doing today? Yeah. Might might as well. What what can we talk about LeBron today? Oh, it's not even close to NBA season. Wonder what LeBron's doing today. That's what they were doing. And I would I would listen to it before I I'd listen to it before uh uh Baz and them would come on and I'm, I felt dumber for listening to it every day. It was terrible. You know, th- this is the most political statement I'm ever going to make on this show. But when I turn it on to, to the news on my TV, I call it as Donald Trump's turns because that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. So and, and that's it. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah. but I'm, I mean, but they do the same crap and like they get, they, they, they seem to get it out for like a couple guys. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's one of them. Yeah. Like they just they they have well, right it. now with the Johnny Manziel, yeah, yeah, they're talking about him, you know. Yeah, they're talking re, about Johnny. They're re, reliving his life, you know. Yeah. Wait, well, hey, I got something funny to tell you. Okay, go ahead. This total different subject, but I just thought it was funny. I think it's a funny story to tell you. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm all in. started school today, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. And I'd been working at Sparkman School, uh-huh. and now I'm at Camden Harmony Grove, which Sparkman was ran by Camden Harmony Grove. I was really, I've been working for the same people. Right. Yeah. It's a different campus. I'm on a big campus. Yeah, same boss, different location. Yeah. And so, and now I'm more of a, um, I used to be a facilitator uh, for virtual Arkansas. And now I'm just pretty much a full-time substitute. Okay. You know, I, I paired this job with my church job. Gets me a full-time salary that way. Anyway. Um, so first day of school, I get first graders, right? Right. Yeah. And so the first thing we do is they, we get these, the teacher gives me these, or another teacher. Now, can you imagine that? Like being the parent, like you're going there, like you're gonna, like you're, you're dropping your kid off. You're probably shaking like, oh, kids. literally I had kids coming in with tears in their eyes. Yeah. And Second the first day of school. And they're like, what the crap is this? And, and our Godzilla. Yeah. And they walk in and it's me. Yeah. Standing in front of them. Hey, kids. <laughs> How you doing? Anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's what you get, kids. Anyway. So, um, anyway, we get these. And they, they got these cats. Okay. It's Pete the Cat. And they they're gonna color Pete the cat, and then cut out his different. Pete the cat had a vest, and he had a uh, his head, and his arms and legs, and his and uh, some Converse shoes. He, he had sweet kicks. Okay, and they you know, got how, no go. I'll let you finish, but I just you know I I see myself being just totally judgmental by how they color. Yeah. Like, yeah, like just like that's trash. Don't take that home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, here, let me just, yeah. 
What do you boy. think of my sweet kicks? Those aren't sweet kicks, kid. When you get in junior high, you're going to get made fun of. <laughs> if you wear those to school. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, always positive. Always great. I love those kicks. Those are awesome. And actually, they did some creative ones. They were, they were nice. Anyway, so <clears throat> the Pete's arms and legs were both a little thin. Okay. And and the legs, the teacher, uh, there was another, they had some other paraprofessionals in there rotating in there with me. Thank the Lord that I didn't have to do these, you know, because, you know, the kids' first day of school, they don't have a pattern yet. They don't have any kind oh, yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, they're, and these are first graders, so it's only their second year of school, so they're not used to anything. And so, anyway. One of them suckers takes off running from you. You're not going to catch them. No, well. They're gone. Well, like, and this one back. this one little girl, cute as could be, little little brunette little girl, she gets her, you know, she's got all of the parts to Pete the cat, and she looks up at me. And she looks up and says, looks like Pete skipped leg day. <laughs> I was like, That's the greatest thing I've ever heard from a first grader. Very, very good. Yeah. I was like, that's a good joke, kid. Way to go. I think the, part of the, the best part of this entire story is you having to substitute. First graders. First graders. In the first day of their I mean, were you the guy that they dropped their kids off to? Uh some some of the parents walked in with them. Yeah. Terrifying to me. Yeah, some of them walk them like, to the class. Really? I'm leaving yeah. my child with this guy, my first grader, yeah. my yeah. six year old. Yeah. I'm keeping them with Travis Cody Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. as I, you know, and they drop them off, I'd go through their lunch, pick out the good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like, had, who steals, like who steals all the back lunches? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so that was my that was my first day of school. First day of school. So um, a lot of fun. But anyway, get to do that tomorrow. One more day, and then we'll see what class I get next. So it'll be exciting. And I thought really the first day. I thought surely first day of school. Every teacher will be there. I won't have to sub, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, this one teacher, her her daughter had her uh, first grandchild, so uh, an out of state, and so she went to go spend a couple of days as she should. So no, glad no. I could be there to. As Parker Rowland would say, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's right, hundred percent. Well, Clint, um, like like we said, man, it's been a couple of weeks. There's been a lot happen. But uh, you know, we kind of there's a lot of holy snikes we could go with. They're fact, really... I mean, pretty much everything we're gonna talk about. Well, not everything, yeah. yeah. A couple yeah. of the big things we're gonna talk about are holy snikes things. But let's talk about a big one. Okay. Our boy Bo Limmer. Bo Limmer. Video comes out and he is squatting. Squatting seven hundred pounds. 700 pounds. Seven honey. And it's not like, you know, it wasn't them inflated numbers like where they have like the collar on. That was legit. Hold the bar. Hit the level. Did it easy. Boom. I mean, it was impressive. Yeah, he could have done more. Now, what's the most you ever threw up on squat? 
I got close. To, I probably I was probably right at three hundred. I mean, probably right at it. And that made you did I made, more than that on it, squat in college, didn't you? Probably. I mean, I don't I don't remember how much it was, but it wasn't much over that because I just hated doing it. You know, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I wasn't one of them guys that enjoyed the process of attacking the weight room in college. You know, some of them guys they get in there and hunger for it. I'm like, I don't want to do this crap. I just want to be good at football. How's this going to help me? You know what I'm saying? It was yeah, just dumb. But well, my my freshman year at OBU, I started taking classes. You know, and <clears throat> I was taking phys ed classes and all that. I started learning about anatomy and weightlifting and all that kind of stuff. And, I decided I, I was like one thing I was always embarrassed by in high school was my squat max because I was such a big guy. I was like, surely I can do more than what I'm because I think in high school I did like three forty, three fifty, something like that was my max, and yeah. my, my 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 form was terrible, terrible. I think I had it roll off my neck one time. I mean, it was bad. And so I decided um, that first year, I said, I'm going to get, see how high I can get my squat max up to. And um, we, we used the old weights. These were like what the football players had used to use at Washtaw. They'd been passed down to the basketball and swim team and all that. And that was the public weight room that students could use. And so that's what the, I would put, the best I did is I could get, put 500 on and do it oh, and do it about eight good reps. I do it 10 reps, but about seven or eight of them were good reps. Yeah. And yeah. so, but, but that was somebody that like, I focused on that for a year. Like I, no, and I just never got into like, I wanted to set records in the weight room or anything like that. Like I wanted to go do the yeah. work. You know, do everything they asked me, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't feel the need to, you yeah. know, oh my God, I want to see how, see if I could lift a car off somebody. It just never, never was my thing. But still, when you see someone doing that kind of weight, when you got them guys, because I remember we had a defense hound in Carlos Austin. I don't remember what he had squat, but I mean, the bar would be bending and stuff. Yeah. It just that you and you would enjoy watching, the, you, you know, you get, you get hyped for watching someone put up that much weight. Especially, and, my, and that, that's the way my was. My bar would, would, like, I would have tried more weight just to see how much I could do. But my bar was looked like a bow and arrow could be shot out of it. Yeah. Now, now here's the deal, though. Okay, I was, I was limber size. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, probably at that time, probably weighed, you know, three hundred, three twenty, something like that. And was working out all the time. And, and the thing I was, I, I knew I had that strength in my legs. Cause I had, I mean, I had strong legs. I just, I just didn't have good form. And so that's what I started learning about was form. But here's the thing. After that came out about Limmer hitting 700, uh, the recent Arkansas Razorback football, uh, running back commit from Benton, Russell, what's his first name? Braylon? Braylon. It came out <clears throat> that he can squat 600. Now, I don't know if that's a one rep, 
max or if that's percentage max. And yeah. those of y'all that know the difference know that there's a difference. There's okay. a huge difference. There's a huge difference, especially when you're talking about yeah, I think wadding, you're talking about that much weight. When I was in Still, college, dude, that's yeah. You're talking about a guy. You're talking about a running back that um, plus that much. Yeah, I don't like that percentage max stuff because, like, I think my percentage max in college said I could power clean 300. Yeah. Right now, I'm as cocky as I can be. There is no way, zero chance. Yeah, I could power clean 300 pounds. On my best day. See, power cleans it. That's a man. That that to me, that's a judgment of a, of a pretty strong athlete. That, that was my can... that was by far my favorite lift. Yeah, it's a. I, mean, uh, I had good technique and I'd get good momentum on it. But like, if I was out, if I was out scouting players, I would want to know. Like, like you know, one thing that's gotten popular now is deadlift numbers. Yeah, deadlift numbers to me are nothing. Like I would, I think squat numbers are pretty can be important. To me, bench numbers are not important at all. Um, I I'd want to know power clean numbers. Travis, I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how you, I know you don't know anything right now. I'm gonna put you in your place. Okay. I was a third string center in college, and I'm sitting here telling you about how good my power clean was. Like it was better than a lot of the other guys, and they were a lot better at football than me. Well, well. <laughs> So well, I just blew your theory. Yeah, well, yeah. well, speaking of things imploding like your theories. Yeah, yeah. Woo! The pack four, baby. Man, what happened? You know, okay, so look, we're not breaking any news here. Y'all all know what happened by now. I think Colorado was kind of the first. Well, the big one was last year when you see USC and UCLA were like. We're going to the Big Ten. Yeah. Because you really want that traditional Rutgers UCLA matchup on things. Yeah, of course. I mean, who doesn't? Who, I mean, what? Nobody what, wants that. Yeah. What sells a kid like in California, like, hey, you're going to get the opportunity to play in New Jersey? Um, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. But, so that was the big, but that was, listen, it, it's about media markets. That's what it's about. And the Big Ten looked at it and go, I can get the LA market so they bring usc ucla over that was that was that was a big coup for them mm -hmm. but, you know what it really was two one or two conferences were going to fall it was either going to be the big 12 or the pac 12 yeah now i felt like they now what the big 12 did was as soon as they lost texas and oklahoma they went out and they moved quick. I mean, who are the best? I mean, the last 10 years, who are the best two group of five schools? It was, it's been Cincinnati and it's been UCF. Mm -hmm. They bring them two in to the, to the big 12 and no one questioned like, Oh no, this isn't a power five team. No, the, okay. And no, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Then they bring in, Brigham Young, BYU, and they brought in another one, and I'm brain farting on it because they added four schools. But three of them were Cincinnati, BYU, who's already considered a power five. Mm -hmm. And um, can you think of the other one I am having just the worst? Wasn't Utah, was it? Is it Houston? 
Oh, yeah, Houston. It was Houston. It was yeah. Houston. Okay. It, which was another, you know, you had a big 12. Especially in basketball. Yeah, the, the Big 12 coach quit to go to this group of five schools. So, you know, it was already considered a job. So you brought in those four schools, probably the best four schools, not not named Notre Dame that's not affiliated, you know, that you could get. Mm. Notre Dame's not affiliated to come. So you bring them in. So you, you stop the bleeding. It's like, okay, we're going to lose these two, but we're going to, we're going to shore all this up. Mm -hmm. And the PAC 12 never really seemed to jump. You know, they, is what I'm saying making sense, Travis? Yeah. They just kind of set back, but I think, and well, there's a couple things. First of all, I thought the PAC 12 had stick to in this. I thought they were going to stay. I thought I thought they would be one of the power conferences easily because I mean it just made sense, right? Well, I mean it's so much more tradition than the Big Twelve. You keep all those teams together uh on that, you know, that side of the the country, you know, it just it just makes sense. Yeah. Of course, I didn't know about the T V deal. Well, the T V deal and the the last commissioner and the transition to the new commissioner. Apparently the last commissioner is the one who got them started into this TV deal and pretty much locked the hands of the new commissioner to where all he could do was go with someone like, was it Amazon or Apple? It was Apple TV plus. Yeah. Your Can average, you imagine if SEC yeah. Network was on Apple TV Plus? Yeah. Listen, and you know, me and you had this. Was the guy ahead of his time or behind his time? Because live TV is becoming less and less of a thing. Yeah. I mean, it just it is. I mean, just if it wasn't for football, I probably wouldn't have live TV at all. But yeah. I like sports, so I keep it. But – But, I mean, there's live streaming on the streaming services. So, I think anymore, you know, it's going to be – I think it's eventually moving that way. Mm. I think it's eventually moving towards streaming. So, was the guy ahead of the time or was he just off or was he just missing the mark? Yeah. But the thing was, if you're an SEC school, you're making $70 off TV revenue. Yeah. That's why I'm like – Everybody's like Arkansas should go to the Big Twelve, blah blah blah. We're making seventy million dollars in TV revenue. Yeah, no. we're you never go to anywhere. No, you, you're you're not you're not leaving. Stay with this honey wagon right here, buddy. Yeah. Now yeah. and I, and I want to go a different direction right here, and this is something that uh, I kind of mentioned to you the other day. Um, and I talked about this with our buddy Joey who's a guy that, you know, used I grew up in California a little bit. Uh, yeah. And he brought this up to me, and I hadn't really thought about it the way he brought it up. But I think there's some truth to it. What you have going in California and in, the, in that coast, okay, it's not just California, is people are not supporting sports. They're just not. I mean, look at the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, 
legitimately get more people for like if they play the Cowboys, they're going to have more people in Cowboys jerseys. Or if they play the Steelers, they're going to be more people in Steelers colors than their own home colors. Well, there's nothing. I mean, because what's there to do? I mean, there's so much stuff to do in LA. Exactly. There's there's so much else to do. Yeah. There's so much else to distract. I mean, look at look at USC. USC's probably the you know had the most recent you know success of any of those teams, and they have the Coliseum they play in, which. Is it- is a dump. Now, I mean, it's, you know, for those of us that pay attention to football history and stuff like that, it's still cool. But the truth of it is, it's a dump. It's a dumpy place. It's not that great of a place to watch a football game. It's just, it's just compared to all the other places, you know, and, and that's up and down that coast. It's not just, you know, now Seattle's got something a little different. You know, and that's and Oregon's got something a little different going there, but even with Oregon, Oregon's done well, but Oregon can't get over that hump. Yeah. You know, if you oh, I mean, you know, like they'll they'll show up for the big big games. You know, like if you're ranked, I mean, they're they're definitely um, they're I mean, how do I say this? They're they're fair weather fans. I mean, really, they are. Mm-hmm. Like, Team's doing good, they'll be there. But if they're not, like, eh, I'm good. Um, and, and that's really, you know, that's but like you said, that's that's the difference. Where you know, we're here, we live, eat, breathe football. Yeah. The SEC. Well, and now with the way the times are, you have another thing. California has a very high individual tax rate. Yeah. And with NIL that makes a difference on how much those kids can make, especially if they don't have the alumni pouring money. If the alumni at USC is not willing to put the money in to build them a better stadium, then how much are they willing to put into NIL money for players enough for them, especially to make it when they're going to be taxed heavier there. See what I'm saying? Well, and I mean, you're also in a system now where people are leaving California. They're leaving that coast on a regular basis because of a lot of things, because of safety concerns, because of tax concerns, because of just a lot of a lot of craziness going on. No, and, and you're you're speaking a lot of a lot of truth, um, but I, I really think at the end of the day, you know. The, the dissolve of the conference. I mean, you know, you're saying that, but I think that, but so you have everybody kind of wanting to look out. And so what happens when you lose your two bell cows? Because the, the, mm-hmm. those were the two bell cows at the conference. Yeah. That'd be like the SEC losing Alabama and LSU. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that's the equivalent of that. Yeah. The big 12, lost Texas and Oklahoma, which was the equivalent of doing that, and they acted. So then you had – so Colorado's in there looking like, man, let's just go back to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Because they had just signed the new TV deal. Like yeah. everybody you – because, know, like, everybody had their TV deals on lock. Yeah. And I think the commissioner, was like, he signed this deal, and he's like, okay, 
but now you're down to four schools in the in the um there you have Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Those are the only four teams. So those are the only those are the four power five teams without without conference now because you're no yeah. longer there's nobody you you can add that I think to do that. If they had been if they would have been proactive and as soon as USC and UCLA went went out and got San Diego State, got Boise State. Mm-hmm boosted themselves with a couple more schools, you know, that maybe you wouldn't have had Oregon leave. But, you know, I think, I think you're right in that, that TV deal. All those schools probably wanted to see what their TV deal was going to be before they would commit to them. Yeah. And that, and that TV deal, as you're insinuating, as you're saying, was a huge hinge in that whole deal. It, it was, but you know, it, it could have been a genius move, but here's why I also think it was a dumb move. Um, and you could, it wouldn't have worked. I think you'd have got, cause 23 million was the floor. Now it could go up based on the amount of clicks. Yeah. So if you have like Oregon, number one, playing number five, Washington, and it gets a lot of streams, then that revenue goes up. Yeah. But if you have Oregon State playing Washington State, I mean, like me and you'll watch it because we just want to watch football. Yeah. But your average fair weather fan's not going to want to watch that. So it had the ability, oh, I'm saying the, the the model may be what it is in the future, but right now, now you know, a long time ago, me and you had we talked to Pat, Patrick Netherton from the Pat Netherton show. Yeah. Um, your hand twin. I don't know what that even means, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so we, we, we ask is the, is this the beginning of the end for the NCAA? And he said, you know, the NCAA was always going to be around. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is this the beginning of the end for the NCAA in football? Um, it comes to the, I guess, the Power Four conferences now. I'm going to say this. I've been saying, I've been saying the, um, once, our, once the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma, it was the beginning of the end of the NCAA. There will always be something like the NCAA. And I think the NCAA will always be there. I think, I think football is going to have to go on a separate path. See, and I, I agree with you because there's, it does not like for football, it makes sense to travel USC to Rutgers. Yeah. You can make that make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to send your men's lacrosse team to Rutgers. No. It doesn't make sense to send your, your volleyball team to Rutgers. And to be part of the NCAA, you have to have 15, I think it's 15 sports. You know, Arkansas has 19, I think. Right. Uh, and that. And so I, I totally agree with you. 
because it just doesn't make sense. What I, I just when it comes, the football is your money maker. You know the mm-hmm. TV deals, and then basketball is what it is because the TV deals. But when you get like to some of these women's basketball, I mean, me and you've both been at the airport and seen a women's basketball softball team flying commercial. Mm-hmm. They don't get these fancy private jets. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, you can't do this and say it's for the students. It's to line your pockets because what, why you're, why these guys are getting catered to the other kids playing other sports are getting the shaft because of the TV revenue. Um, well, and yeah, you're exactly right. And the thing is, it's done in other things. Camden Fairview. Okay. Down here in South Arkansas where I lived for, uh, 18 years till I moved a couple years ago, which I'm still very close to. I'm still just down the road. Camden Fairview is a 5A team in Arkansas. Okay. And they play in the biggest 5A conference. They can, the 5A South. Yeah. And they play these, you know, certain teams or whatever. Well, in basketball and baseball, though, they play in 4A. And they play teams that are closer. So travel's not so bad. So they play against teams like Warren and some other 4A teams. Yeah. And, you know, Arkadelphia and and some others. So they don't have to travel quite as far. The bus rides aren't as bad as with football. Because the way football is designated, there's in the conferences – because the way the way the AAA and and does football is the first sixteen teams are seven A, as far as attendance wise, the next sixteen teams are six A, the next thirty two are five A, okay, and wherever you fit in there, they just make a conference work. So there's some conferences that you have to travel. You know, some kids have to travel for football three or four hours, and so schools can make. They can, you know, they can work that around a little bit for football, but trying to do that with volleyball and things like that, they just make a conference that's closer to them and just play in a little different conference for basketball and stuff. And I think some, something similar, I know that's a talking about AAA in Arkansas and talking about but, you know, big time college sports, but it's a similar idea. Because, because you've got, look, the two, you can put baseball in there too, but I, I'm gonna kind of just leave it out for right now. But when you, but your money making sports are men's basketball and college football. Yeah, you do stuff in those sports because you will put the resources into it. Yeah, to to make it happen that you want in the other sports. But what they're doing with these just this kind because their ACC was talking about adding Stanford and Cal. Like, really, you're going, you know, you, so you're talking about literally going from California to Florida. Yeah. And they're just, the, the matchups don't make any sense. And, yeah. And I don't think it's over because, I mean, you've got some ACC teams right now they're, they've got them hungry guys looking at other conferences. Yeah. Um, but they said Florida State mm-hmm. just wants out. Yeah. They don't, they don't really care if it's the big, the big 10 or the SEC. No, they're not going to go to the big 12, but I mean that, but that's where they are. Like we're just done. We're done. Yeah. 
we're, we're done. So it's, I mean, the conference realignment, the craziness is just not over. But I think at some point, somebody's got to be like, <clears throat> look, here's what, here's what has to happen. Yeah. Someone needs to just say, they need to say football is not part of the NCAA anymore. And Sankey's like, well, nothing, nothing's going to happen without us. Yeah. Well, and, and, and with the NIL and with the uh, transfer portal and stuff like that, there needs to be, you know, NCAA is not stepping up and regulating that. And so the, what these super conferences are going to do is get some way to regulate that. Now, Clint, I hate to change the subject, but we have to. Okay. And I don't know if you've been getting some text or whatever, but we have some breaking news. And uh, um, this is a tweet from Hunter Juracek. Says the Razorback football family is again grieving the untimely loss of one of our own. Alex Collins was an electrifying player on the field and a ray of light in life. He loved being a Razorback and the state loved him. Thoughts and prayers to his family, friends, and teammates. Uh, looks like something happened with Alex Collins and he's passed away. Um, just sad. I mean, with already with Ryan Mallett. Yeah. Um, I've been getting texts. I got Mike Floyd's calling me right now. He's probably wanting to talk about that. Um, what are some of your memories Dude, of, uh, uh, Alex Collins dominating the Liberty Bowl, man? Yeah. And like running all over Kansas. I see him that, seeing those dreads pulled back and, you know, um, God, I mean, you remember he had the weirdest national signing day. Like his yeah. mom wanted him to go to Miami. Yeah. Stole she his wanted letter. to stay home. Yeah. yeah, stole his letter of intent. Ran had off. Like his, had to get like his uncle to like sign for him because he wasn't 18 yet. Yeah. I mean, it, I remember that was just a crazy, crazy, and it finally, finally just signed. So, I'll tell you the game that or the or one the memory I have of him. And this is just a memory. I mean, it's when we played Alabama and we wore the throwback unis. You remember that? Oh, yeah. We wore the, the 64 unis. And I think Bielema did that on purpose because they looked like Bama's jerseys. They did have, they definitely had a similar tint to them. And so he, I think, I think Bielema did that because I think he was trying to say, we're the new Bama, you know. And they were not. And we were not, yeah. But in that game, we played him tough. Played him well, and he got and Alex Collins got suspended for like the first quarter or something, or maybe the first half, because he was late to a meeting that week. And he, but one thing he did in that game that he didn't do in any other game was he taped his dreads up the same way Derrick Henry would tape his up. With athletic tape. That's what made me think that they were saying we're the new Bama. Yeah. They were saying we're gonna come, we're gonna come look like you, we're gonna beat you, we're gonna run, you know. And Alex Collins had a had a great when he came in the game, ended up doing well. I, I don't know what his stats were, but I just remember him running hard. And that dude did run hard. Him and him and Jonathan Williams ran hard. They wouldn't stop. Now, Jonathan Williams, he would – I always remember he would turn around backwards 
you know, he'd hit the pile and then he'd turn around backwards, start pushing the pile. But Alex Collins would run head first into the pile, man. And, um, and he was just, a you know, Alex, you know, your check said it well there. He was a joyful guy. You know, he always had a smile on his face and he seemed to have a lot of fun playing football and had a lot of fun being in Arkansas. So, um, that's sad to hear, man. Sad to hear. Um, another yeah, great Razorback guy that had some good games in the league too. Yeah. No, he had, he had a career in the NFL. He was playing in the USFL. He's playing for the Memphis Showboats. I remember. Yeah. My cousin Brandy sent me a picture of Alex Collins, mm-hmm. you know, out there. And that was another thing about him. You had a lot of people that got to meet him, you know, and had pictures with him. You know, same with same with Ryan Mallet. You know, I mean, they were just like Ryan. A lot of people met him and, you know, got to be around him. And, you know, he always was very cordial to fans and, you know, would give of his time and stuff like that. So um definitely definitely a sad deal sad deal for sure don't know what exactly happened um i'm no, sure i'm sure that'll come out i just know what you've told me yeah so um, literally i haven't checked my phone i you know there's there's some things coming out about a possible uh car wreck but i i don't know i don't know if that's true or not so we we really don't know we don't want to say anything that is wrong. We just know that. Yeah. Uh, well, your check, your check, putting that out makes it clear that something bad happened for sure. So, and he's passed away. So, uh, now past the sad part. That's the sad part. Uh, here we are. Fall practice has started. And, yeah. uh, we're, and I, how much fun is it watching the kids' press conferences again? Oh yeah, man. I mean, seeing the kids, they they seem excited for the season. You know you. You're not into it. Of course, everybody seems to be in a great mood during uh, during during fall camp or summer during two days, what I always called it. Now you have a good question for the day. What what was your question? Yeah. So and I is which position group on the team do you feel strongest about? I'll let you answer first. Um you know, there's there's several ways you could go here. Okay, um, you could go with quarterback room. When it, course. I feel I, I feel good. I, this is probably the best I've ever felt about the quarterback room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. since I would, I would say since you did, you, I, you knew Mallet was good. You didn't know Wilson was good. Yeah. Obviously, after the after the Auburn game, you felt pretty good about the quarterback room. But I, I mean, man, I would feel good handing the ball over to Jacoby Criswell if we had to. But, well, and, and you feel good about the quarterback room for now and the future. Yeah. Because you got KJ, you got Criswell, you got, you're seeing good things out of Singleton. You're hearing good things about him. And then also you're hearing about good things from Fortner. He's throwing some good balls in practice and stuff like that. So even if the worst happens and you got to start him, you know, at least we know he's serviceable, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway, you feel good about the running back room. There's lots of depth right there. Okay. But mine is going to be the defensive line. I feel good about the defensive line. I really do. And the more I hear about 
the way they're playing, the way they're performing. Did you know, Clint, I've never heard of this. In all my time watching football, they're measuring how many miles per hour these guys run. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that, which I don't I don't know. I'm, which immediately makes me go to the office and see Michael Scott. You know, they put one of those deals. You're going this fast in front of their office, and they're running by, and he has a car drive by him as he's running by, and it makes him measure 30-something. He's like, yeah, 30-something, that's what I did. You know, anyway. But, you know, Landon Jackson's running like 22 miles an hour. Insane, you know, um, but it's not just Landon, okay? You got Landon, you got Jeff Coat, you got uh, you got all those other DNs that I'm excited about, but then you got Ball, you got I'm excited about this freshman that's 6'5, 200 or 394 pounds. Have you no, heard about him? I haven't, but I'm with you. I feel really good about the defensive line. That was that's not my answer, but I feel good this, about this it. This 600, I'm sorry, 6'5, 394-pound defensive lineman, Clint. It's a freshman from Georgia. From somewhere in Georgia. When he came for his visit, he was walking around. He was getting in a handstand and walking around. He's that athletic. And they said, what would you like to see him do weight-wise? Immediately, immediately you're thinking, well, they'd like to see him about 320, 330 probably, right? Yeah. They said, no, we want to see him about 360 because he can still move at 390. We'd like to really see what he could do at 360, yeah. keep that size, and still be able to move like he does. Dude, that's that's SEC. I mean, that's 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 real deal stuff, right? So I'm excited to see from the line. I'm excited to see what Travis Williams does with with calling plays and the way that the way his defense should. The the what I've seen on tape, what I've heard about way he's going to call plays, it should open up the defensive line to do amazing things, and them having another year with Deke Adams, it's the first time they've had the same position coach, in two years in a row in a long time. Now, did you watch Deke Adams' press conference? Yeah, yeah. How cool is it that you know he got to go watch his son make his major? Oh league? yeah. Yeah. For yeah. You, those of you that don't know, his uh, son played in the um, in the Angels organization. Still does. Got called up. Deke Adams um, got to go watch his major league debut. Yeah. He's like so humble about things because he's like, man, they don't make a big deal out of it. He asked me to go watch his son play, and I said, yes, absolutely. Well, and it worked out good, Deke, the way Deke described it. Um, Deke was already in Atlanta for like recruiting her for some other reason. And the angels were in Atlanta. And so they just, they, they, they flew his son there. So he got to, he got to go, I mean, you know, pretty much just stayed an extra night where he was. So that was pretty cool, but yeah. So anyway, that's my position group. 
that I feel the best about. I have a concern about mine, uh, okay. but I feel really good about it right now. Okay. Uh, my concern's a good one. When you have a Heisman Trophy candidate back at the running back position, and the guy that he got the job from because he got injured is coming back. Mm -hmm. And then your third stringer, if you want to call him that, is A.J. Green. And then you have DeBinion behind him. My only concern is there's not enough balls to go around. Yeah. that That's my only concern because, you know, because Rocket went down the Liberty Bowl. They, of course, you ain't going to take a chance with Rocket in the Liberty yeah. Bowl. But then you basically, so you, I mean, you felt good about what DeBinion did and what AJ Green did that game. You feel good with them. And then mm -hmm. Dominic Johnson's looking like Dominic Johnson again. Yeah, he had a 50 yarder in the 50 yard beastquake. I mean, he hits the hole hard. Yeah. I just, you know, it's like on one hand, you got, you're so excited to see him back, but like, all right, who are you going to take carries from? Yeah. I mean, that that's, I mean, because, I love A.J. Green as a change-of-pace guy. Oh, I do, too. And Dominion's going to be – you can see Dominion being that everyday back here. In the oh, yeah. Because yeah. Um, you got to figure Rocket's gone after this year. You know, someone asked on drive time today, they said, uh, they said, who's our who's our fullback? Who's our Kiero Small? And, like, Rick Schaefer and him just kind of laughed and said, have you seen how big our running backs are? <laughs> we don't we don't have fullbacks. They could be fullbacks themselves, you know, especially Dominique and uh Rocket, <laughs> you know, they're huge. But yeah, no, I can't argue with I can't argue with the running back room being the strongest. I mean, no, I it, it, well, yeah, I felt I, I feel good about, you know, you you're talking about the rooms you feel good about. The quarterback room we talked about, you feel good about the the I had some, you know, and I mentioned, you know, talk earlier about which groups are you the most concerned about. Of course, we're going to, everybody says the secondary. Pittman obviously had some issues with the offensive line play at the first scrimmage. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to worry a little bit about the line, too. But here's the thing you're also saying you're feeling really good about the defensive line. So you got three new starters, and they're going against that defensive line every day. Yeah. Hopefully what happens is they go against they go against Western Carolina and they get a little confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go against the number, and then they go, you know, I can't remember who the second game is. And then they have BYU and then, you know, SEC play yeah. start. They should be able to get their confidence. And man, you're not going to go against Landon Jackson every day and not get better. Yeah. I mean, that's just the thing is that that's a murderer's road. Yeah. Imagine if you're the left tackle and you're trying to figure college football out and you're going against this guy that's 280 pounds that runs 22 miles an hour every freaking day. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I'm still, I would say the secondary is my biggest concern, but off the line, I have that little bit of concern. I, I really just feel like we hit a home run in the transfer portal with Tesla and Broden and uh, the guy from, Texas A&M Commerce. Armstrong. Armstrong. I feel yeah. like we – then Bryce Stevens, you know, and, and um, Stantanga. 
I feel I really do. I feel good about the wide receiver. Yeah, Stinks and Bakke got hurt. He was because he was showing out a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, it does, but I still feel good with the depth there. Yeah, I really do. And and the tight end's a question mark, but there's I think there's a lot of talent there. There's some good things. Um, Haas, Jared Haas is. <clears throat> there's some talk about him being special, very special. Well, and then this Grum, the Grum kid from, was it from North Texas or whatever? You know, he, they say he's as good of an offensive threat as there is. Um, you know, and then let's not forget about um, the Liberty Bowl in uh, Washington. Washington had that, that big touchdown catch. So, yeah, there's some, there's some talent there. I mean, and they brought in the guy from Louisville that's a kind of a tweener. He's a blocker and can um and and can catch. So I feel I'm feeling good about I'm feeling good about that position. I I think the offensive line will be fine. I really mm-hmm. do. I think they'll get it figured out. You know, he's and like Pittman says, there's I I love the quote like look, cause cause he all he tells it like it is, is what when they like back goes, look. We're still figuring out who the starters are, you know, including on the offensive line. I think, you know, you saw in the spring game, they had an idea, but yeah. it wasn't finalized by any stretch. And he goes, man, once you get into the season, you, you usually don't beat somebody out. Yeah. There's guys still got room to be time to beat somebody out. You know, season, somebody loses their job. Yeah. Beat them out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, you know, so it sounds like there's a lot of competition there. Mm-hmm. Now, another cool thing I want to bring up on the podcast here, um, we had they had a young man quit the football team, transfer mm-hmm. defensive back from Western Kentucky, which freed up a scholarship. Um, what My good buddy, he's a coach at Bentonville, was head coach at Danville for years. We roomed together for one horrible semester. Mm-hmm. So not a good fit. And that was probably more me than him, but DJ Crane. His nephew, Josh Street, got put on scholarship. Yeah. Um, and Pittman, you know, he'll do stuff, tweet out, you know, for recruits and stuff, but there's a lot of stuff like he likes to keep private. And they put Josh Street on, just called him the office, gave him a scholarship. Put on full ride. You know, and what, you know, Clint, I, I like those videos of seeing guys get scholarships, but I also like that Pittman – doesn't make a big deal out of it because he says, look, for every guy that gets a scholarship, there's another guy that didn't get that scholarship. That's put in, you know, a lot of hard work also. And so that's, um, that's classy. He's thinking about, he's thinking about everybody there, you know? So, but yeah, congrats to street. Sounds like he's doing well. Um, that he's representing himself and his family well there. He was the second center in uh, in the in the in the spring game. I noticed stuff like that. Yeah, man, and, and as a as a guy that walked on at Arkansas Tech and got scholarship, I think is mine. Street earned it. It was like, well, you stuck around this long. Here's some money. Yeah, uh, that that was my scholarship. Yeah, we've tried to run you off, and you're just too <laughs> dumb or too tough. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a special thing. Know that you've worked that hard and to get it, and to get it rewarded that that that's special. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy. I'm really happy for Street. Um, and it sound a lot of people were like, it sounded like the overall, the feel of the internets were, they were really happy for him, and it yeah. went to a good candidate. Yeah. So. Well, Clint, have you watched the Manziel documentary yet? I have watched the Manziel documentary. What did you think about it? Anything surprise you? His honesty when it came to his NFL career. Yeah. Like, dude, I didn't. He never was going to be that guy. Yeah. But if there had been NIL, Manziel may have stayed in college. He may have played five years at AM because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, his anger with his ringer with the NCAA was like, I can't sign autographs. I can't sign my name. Yeah. Like that, that's what I got out of it is like, but that being said, you know, the oil money at AM. How much money would Johnny Manziel be making pure year? Oh my gosh. A lot more than he was making there. And he was. He was sitting courtside at Lakers there. One thing that surprised me was to find out that, because I always thought he was just a spoiled brat. Yeah, yeah. And to find out that really his family didn't have, I mean, I, I don't think they were poor, but they wasn't as wealthy as they'd let on to be. His friend agent guy leaked that out to help cover up why he was able to to go and do all the things he was doing when he was making that money off the shady autograph sessions. And so that, that was interesting. Um, that, that was definitely very interesting. Uh, as much as, as much as NIL drives us crazy, that documentary was a hundred percent why NIL should exist. Yeah. yeah but I mean, here's the other thing. What's Johnny Manziel do with the rest of his life? Dude, who cares? Like what do you what do you think he does like for a job? <laughs> can I can I ask you a serious question? I mean and I know you're 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 I know what your profession's on. Have you ever watched Blue Mountain State? No. Never okay. So Alex Moran is the third string quarterback there. Yeah. And pretty much he's like, look, I know I'm gonna be middle school middle school PE teacher. Yeah, but I'm gonna be the backup quarterback here, and that's all I care about. I think that's pretty much what Jan, Johnny Menzel was, but he was just really good at football. Yeah, yeah. He's like, man, I I I don't I like I'm gonna get a degree, I'm gonna have fun, I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. And then he got there and he just and blew up blew up and it was i mean it was crazy but yeah it does it does have to drive the crazy like seeing how much money that a and is making off these number two jerseys oh yeah that and, and, that would be tough that would be tough for sure i mean but for every johnny manzel there's ten thousand jason streets i mean josh streets yeah. you know yeah. they, they aren't going to get the nil deal they're just going there so it, it, it's good that i think that Anyway, I got off on NAO and just it made as much as we hate some things, there's a reason why things had to change. Yeah. That documentary, I think, was a good good one of it. I think he was 
he never had the desire to be an NFL quarterback. I think that just showed yeah. you you have to be wired different to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And uh, and in the this part right here, and this part right here is a big. Yeah. Those of you listening on Apple uh, podcast and Spotify and all that fun stuff, I pointed at my noggin, then I pointed at my chest. That's right. That's hard. Well, Clint, another one's in the can, baby. Boom. Another one's in the can. Boom. Well, sorry we left you off for Just a like that. I'll never leave you again, girl. Just like that. Folks, like and share, comment, 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 comment. Tell us your favorite Alex Collins memory. Uh, we just we didn't have time to think about it because we were running live here. Okay. So um, what's your favorite Alex Collins memory? Um, share with us, share on social media. Um, subscribe to this channel, help us get our views up. All those good things. We need you. We need you. We need you. Please. Anyway, Clint. Hey, hey. by the way, I do think next week we're going to give our, our uh, season predictions, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Going to go game by game. Every game, and we're going to tell you, hopefully I get it right more than I got it wrong, got it right last year. I only missed yeah, six. We, we were way off. Way off. We're way off. Samsonite. I was using numbers and stuff. Okay. <laughs> swan, swanning, and swan, swan. Samsonite. I was way off. If you know what movie that's from, comment below. Have a great week. God bless. Peace. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no harvest till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard drive So I can sow the seed In a and pain, Lord knows I gotta follow his lead, that's why I sweat when I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt, won't see no more, till I hurt, crying in your kingdom come, oh, I sweat when I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt, won't see no more, till I hurt, crying in your kingdom come.